Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Strange Pathways. I am your host, Scott Mort. Been a wild week for all of us. UFOs being shot down left and right. It it feels like... It, it not only feels like something major has happened, it feels like something major is is about to happen. And it feels like it's been ramping up for a long time, hasn't it? The, the UAP leaks, Tom DeLonge's uh, leaks confirmed to be true. Now we're saying we're shooting down UFOs. Now, who knows? It, it may come out that these things are, are nothing more than just spy balloons or what have you, but it, it, certainly, it certainly seems like they're, they're on to that next phase of psychologically strengthening us to tell us that these craft that we're seeing, they're real, we are in contact with them, and here's what they are. Be they extraterrestrial, interdimensional, something, as I suspect, something more ethereal and spiritual, it's, we are living in strange times. Our first tale takes us all the way back to 2015, northern Arizona. The witness, who is remaining anonymous, is out for a hike, enjoying nature, taking photos. It becomes late, and they decide to park for just a few hours. Instead of camping, setting up a tent, or trying to get someplace where there is shelter, the shelter is right there. They have it, it's got four wheels on it. They decide that they're going to spend the night in their truck. They turn the truck off. They have the window rolled down. There's a full moon hanging in the sky behind them. And then this being walks up to them from their left to their right. It's about four, maybe six feet behind the tail of their truck. And it stops and looks at them. Now, this being is eight feet tall, very skinny. The, the arms are extremely long. And even with it stretched out, the elbow is a lot lower than a human's would be. The neck itself is incredible. The neck is about a foot long, pointing forward just a bit. The head is oval. And there's this four-foot tube extending from the jaw down forward. It, it's, it's almost like a very long beard coming to a point. Now, remember, the moon is behind the witness, so they're only really seeing this creature, this being, entity, in silhouette. And whatever this is, I find, I find this very fascinating. It's walking slowly. It's almost like it's, it's struggling to move. Now, does that mean that it's used to a thinner atmosphere? Does that mean that it's used to uh, a lower gravity? 
Who knows? The, the witness is terrified. They go to roll up their window. Now, here's the problem with modern vehicles. Since the power's off, the window's not going to roll up. It, it's a major design flaw, really. This entity slightly turns its shoulders towards the witness. And the neck movement. The neck movement reminds the witness of, of the way an insect would move. And this thing locks eyes with the witness. It's looking right at, at them. The witness is thinking, that's it. This thing's hungry. It's, it's so skinny it hasn't eaten in a long time. The witness puts, puts their hand on the keys. They're ready for it. It's, if it comes towards the truck any closer, they're going to turn the truck on, roll up the window, and drive off. That's whenever, almost as if this being is, is reading the witness's mind, the head turns back, and it walks on. The witness takes a minute, wants to make sure this creature's gone. The witness then starts the truck, and I can't even imagine how fast they drove off. That, that curiosity, though, that, that thing that drives almost every human the, the desire to want to know more about something they don't know. That digs into the witness. And a few months later, they decide to go back, but this time in the day. They, they get to the spot. There's no buildings for miles. It's all dirt roads. But they are 100% certain that this is the exact spot. And why wouldn't they be? It's, it's an area that they've gone to since they were kids. Since it's daytime, the witness decides it's safe to look around. They do a bit of hiking. And they find this, this place. It looks like an old crash site. There's a hole in the ground. The big rocks are all burned. But there's bushes growing in it. Whatever, whatever crashed there happened a long time ago. They hear the digging sounds. There's, there's these sounds. It's like heavy machinery. Trucks backing up, making that caution, that double beep sound as, as they go in reverse. Remember, there's nothing around the witness for miles. He decides that, okay, maybe, maybe, this is, maybe this is carrying, so he drives a few miles away. Sees if he can find where this is coming from, but he finds nothing. And then he gets out a few miles away. He hears nothing. He drives back to the spot that he found. He can hear 
construction going on. It's not, it, it, it's not coming from any direction. The witness gets on their knees and puts their ear to the ground and discovers all of this construction is coming from underground. Now, there's nothing there that says that they're doing construction out in the desert. There's no, there's no roads that are heavily used. But then the witness notices two big, white, shiny pickup trucks facing him. Blacked out windows. They appeared out of nowhere. And then, and then behind him, two more. The witness, four trucks, and a lot of construction under their feet. The witness gets back in their truck and leaves. A little while passes. The witness slows down. Looks in the rearview mirror. There's no one following them. They get to the next road. There's an underpass on this road to go north. But they decide, they take the right to go south. They go under the underpass. They take a left. At both exits, the northbound and the southbound exits, were the same white pickup trucks. Black tinted glass. So that way, no matter which way the witness turns, there's one behind him he heads south the truck behind that that white pickup truck immediately starts to follow the other truck even turns around and follows and they are right on his bumper he tries to look in but the window is tinted so dark, he, he can't see anyone driving. They were driving 90 miles an hour. Remember, this truck is right on his tail. The other one's trying to overtake him. He's, the witness is weaving between two lanes to keep them from passing. He goes to the left lane to block the second truck. The one behind him would try to pass on the right. And it went on for miles. But then there was an exit with a few shops. The witness takes that exit. Both trucks slow down, do a U-turn, and they retreat. The witness figures, well, they have my license plate. I'm, I'm done for. They, they go home and they wait for that knock on the door. Nothing happens. No contact, no warning. Not a thing. He doesn't tell his friends. He, he, was, afraid, he was afraid that his friends would get, get drawn into this, so he doesn't tell them anything. It's... It's been seven years, and the witness has not ever gone back to the crash site with construction or where the entity where the entity encounter happened. 
it's it's frightening to think that at any moment we could be minding our business just living our lives come up against something something that we're not supposed to know that would change our lives forever the illusion of being safe shattered but it's really out there isn't it we never know what corner it's waiting around all life is suspense I, I really believe AI has the potential to change all of our lives. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a good buddy, uh, Hakan, and I wanted to make this cute little joking newspaper article for him. So I went over to ChatGPT and I just, you know, write me a story about, about Hakan uh, saving the world from aliens. And it wrote me a really humorous story. Honestly, I was just looking for some some filler to make it look like a newspaper article, and what it ended up writing was really, really cute and really, really funny. It's... It, it's I, I've, I've heard a lot of theories. I've heard a lot of theories that from what we're actually doing is pulling, pulling art from alternate dimensions to we've created a super intelligence to, of course, the standard. It's theft because it's pulling from multiple sources. And I've, I've used AI. I've used AI in the artwork for quite a while. I think it's a glorious thing. I don't know how, I don't know how, how you dear listener are going to come down on this, but I, I think it's a fantastic tool, and I think it's a tool that's going to be here to stay. Now, there is this Swedish musician, Super Composite. Super Composite, she wants to create some artwork. She's, she's goofing around with some AI art-generating technology. And she seems to be a lot better at it than I am. So... Apparently, and I didn't know this, I didn't know this, if you want to create an image that's opposite of something, you can use a prompt, right? So in this case, in this case, Super Composite wants to see what the opposite of Marlon Brando is. So she sits down in, in front of this, this AI program and enters the prompt, Brando colon, colon, minus one, period. That's whenever she... she sees the image. It's... it's kind of a disturbing image. It's this... it's this older woman, long brown hair, having like these huge triangular patches of rosacea on her cheeks. 
Okay, that's a little odd. That's that's the opposite of Marlon Brando. So she decides that she's going to find the opposite of Digita Panitics. Digita Panitics is this is this logo. I I didn't know this until I looked it up. It's it's like this kind of artworky logo of a city skyline. And Super Composite wants to find the opposite of this logo. So she puts in the prop. Digita Pintix Skyline logo colon colon minus one. And she gets the images of a distraught looking older woman, long brown hair, and the triangles of rosacea on her cheeks. She begins to call this entity, this image that keeps popping up, Loap. And it, it, this woman keeps popping up again and again and again in her negative searches, her opposite of searches. The... The images are very macabre. It's it, it the, the Loab almost looks like a diseased adult black-eyed kid. If if that makes any sense. And Loab this entity it just it's persistent. It follows super composite. Now there is a theory. There is a theory that since Loab manifests whenever using negative prompts, that that and I do have a hard time understanding this, that it's a collection of traits that are all equally far away from everything. But it's still, it's still to have this, have this repeatable phenomena. And I've done, I've done a fair amount for, for an outsider. I've done a fair amount of goofing around with like AI art projects like Dolly, Crayon, other things like that, chat GPT. It's really hard to get that repeatable result. But here it is. So here's my homework for you. I'm going to have some images of Loab up on the Strange Pathways Facebook page and the Twitter. I'll try to get them up on Instagram. My homework for you is... <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be sinister. Go go to an AI program this week. And I want you to try to find Loab. Don't don't cheat. Don't just type in L-O-A-B and be done with it. I wanna see what happens whenever we en masse try to get to Loab using negative prompts. 
this this might be the new age version of a seance. I will say this: if you do so, you, I, I, I honestly and truly believe that you you take this into your own hands. The danger is on you. And is there a danger? Oh, yes. I do believe there is. But I also believe there's a danger whenever you go ghost hunting. I believe that there's a danger whenever you go out in the woods searching for Bigfoot. I believe there's a danger whenever you pop your your butt into a boat and go out onto a lake looking for a lake monster. Or out into a field at night looking up in the sky for UFOs. So, if you're willing to take the risk, be an explorer. Go out there. Find Loab. Let us know the results. Come over to the Facebook page. Post those results. I'm very interested in what we may find. MV has lived their entire life in Idaho. And they spent a lot of time outside as a kid. I can relate. Now, MV's grandparents would take them camping. And MV's older brother and them would always hike any trail they could find. They, they especially liked hiking to get a great view of a sunset. Now, there is one problem with hiking to get a view of the sunset, and that is the hike back. I know this from experience. At one time, they were at a campsite known as Warm River. The river there never freezes. MV and his brother are on this hike. They, they go through this old tunnel that's been bored through the mountain on one part of the trail. Envy thinks it's probably an old train tunnel. Could be that. In Pennsylvania, a lot of the old tunnels here are from coal mines, what have you. They're walking through. They get about two-thirds of the way through the tunnel. And they hear this screech. It's not like anything they've ever heard before. Now, they've heard screams of animals. They, they even think they've heard screams of Bigfoot a few times. Barn owls. Barn owls can sound just like a baby crying. Foxes. They sound like just women screaming bloody murder. But this screech, it's a metallic grinding screech. Whatever the sound was, it didn't sound natural. It, sound, it sounded, well, mechanical. It terrified them. MV thinks they probably jumped five feet in the air. A little bit of an exaggeration there. But MV's brother did shout a few curse words. 
they uh, they turned around, quickly got out of the tunnel. MV and his brother decide that they don't want to abandon the hike. Just continue walking. Whatever made the noise has probably left. MV's though still not a hundred percent behind this. They don't have any guns on them. It the brother goes, come on, MV, it's gonna be fine, everything will be okay. And they they do make it back without incident. That night though, MV is unable to sleep. He cannot get that screech out of his head. But around the campsite where they're sleeping, that entire night, they hear things moving. Whispers coming from the darkness outside of the trailer. MV woke up his brother and said, Hey, go check this out. No. Nope. It's just other campers. Time and time again, Envy pleads with his brother, go out and check what that is. No. The rest of the trip happens, though, without incident. Pretty normal. The next day, Envy and the brother pack up. They're a little disconcerted, but it was just like, oh, it's one of those strange things that happened. And they go home. MV doesn't really think too much about it once they're out of the woods. A few weeks later, MV heads up to Pine Basin. Now, Pine Basin is an old ski lodge MV's family rented each year for family reunions. He and his cousins have this have this tradition, night games. Hide and seek, a game the MV calls Ghosts in the Graveyard. For example, in, in one incident, MV decides that uh, he's going to be the seeker for the hide and seek game. And because he's one of the younger cousins, he gets a flashlight. He, that's, that's his advantage for being younger. Now, all the younger cousins would hide close to the lodge. The older cousins, being a bit older, a bit braver, hid in the trees the base of the nearby mountain. MV gets near the bottom of the mountain and he hears a whistle up the mountain a bit. It sounds like somebody's hiding near the tree that they, funny enough, call the underwear tree. MV wants to win, so he starts trekking up closer to where the whistle was heard. MV gets closer. His stomach gets a little uneasier. MV hates walking at night, but he figures, as soon as I find whoever's hiding, I won't be alone anymore. It's probably one of the older cousins, and we'll walk back to the lodge together. He gets nearer to the underwear tree, and everything is deathly silent. Something is wrong. 
you can you can always hear the adults having conversations back at the lodge, but not this time. It's like all sound has been nullified. It puts me in the mind of if you've ever heard the story of Mel's Hole. They talk about how whenever you're over the hole, all sound is nullified. Nothing. Something can be screaming right over the top of the hole. You don't hear it. You get yourself over top of the hole. You can't hear anything outside of that. He gets closer and closer to the tree. He thinks he knows who's over there. He thinks it's his cousin, Scott. So he calls out, I found you, Scott. Come back down. But there's no reply. He begins to walk back down the path. He's done. He'll go home alone. But he hears this voice go, you almost had me. Oh, okay. He turns around, runs back up, flashes his light through the branches of the trees. And that's when he sees it. MV said this thing looked like a poorly drawn stick figure. It was emaciated, lifeless eyes. The, the skin on this thing's head looks like it's being pulled from behind, torn and stretched features. MV sees this creature, screams, drops the flashlight, runs back to the lodge. The smell hits him. There's this overpowering smell. He knows this thing is running behind him. He gets near to the camp. He sees a few people at the bottom of the mountain, mountain waiting for him. MV is crying and shaking, and I don't blame him. MV tells his dad what happened. And his cousins all said they didn't see anything following him. The adults cut out the games. They, they keep them inside for the night. MV keeps hearing sounds drifting in from the mountains. MV never played the night games after that. His cousins wouldn't listen to his warnings. It always worried him. Now, MV used to be religious, and he thought it was some sort of demon trying to kill him. He, it goes a few years, and he comes across a game called Until Dawn. It's, it's a video game. He's watching a walkthrough of Until Dawn on YouTube. And a Wendigo appears in the game. Whenever MV sees this Wendigo, he gets chills down his spine. It is exactly... What MV saw. He. 
he has made it up in his mind that somebody got snowed in at that old lodge and resorted to cannibalism. And according to the rules of that era, cannibals become wendigos. He still hears that screech from time to time in that era, area. But it didn't really occur to him until watching the playthrough of Until Dawn that that metallic screech and the creature that he saw may be the same thing. Now, MV submitted this story in February this month of 2023. He submitted it to the amazing Lon Strickler over phantomsandmonsters.com. And he ends this by saying, I heard the screech earlier tonight. And that's why I decided to finally write my story down. That Wendigo is still out there. It's still waiting. It's unending hunger driving it night after night. Thank you for joining us here again on Strange Pathways. Please head over to our Twitter, Pathways Strange, and to our Facebook page. We're going to have some images up based on the tales that you heard today. Our Instagram and TikTok, Strange Pathways Podcast. And if you'd like to, email me at strangepathwaysmail at gmail.com. Fingers crossed, I may have another interview coming up soon. Head over to YouTube. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Really, really happy to see those numbers slowly but steadily increase. Thank you once again for listening this week. Be sure to take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> <laughs>